Hey, Lyft Church. My name is Kimberly Diedrich, and I want to take a minute to welcome you here with us today. We're so glad that you're able to join us online and dig into God's Word together and join us in worship. We really wish we could be with you guys face-to-face today. We miss you all so much, but since we can't do that, we're really happy you can just join us today. If you haven't gathered your family around or gotten your Bible or your pen ready, do so now as we're going to just start in a few minutes by um, turning to Psalms 27. I know for Steve and I over the last couple of weeks, it's been really fun just to gather in our living room with our kids, worship, and uh, open up the Word, and hear Ron Smith uh, preach a couple messages while um, we were on vacation. So we're so thankful to be back, and we're thankful to be here um, with you in your living room, just um, opening the Word and joining in worship as um, you and your family are sitting there. We want to connect with you. We want to know that you're here with us today. And the best way that you can do that is to go to liftchurch.info. Some of you maybe already have that bookmarked. If you don't, once again, it's liftchurch.info. And you're going to get logged into that and then go to the Connect Register button. Once you've hit that, then you can type in your name. And you can also enter how many people are in your family or who's all with you today. And it gives us a chance to know who's all joining us. There's also a spot at the bottom that you can fill out a prayer request. I know I've been reading over those over the last few weeks, and it's just been so encouraging to be able to stay connected to you guys that way and know how to pray for you. And many leaders in our church are praying for those each week. When you're through, then you can hit the submit button at the bottom, and those will come to us, and we'll be able to pray over those this week. Also, if you go back to that homepage, liftchurch.info, there's another button, the give button right underneath the connect register button. And you can give online to continue to help support the work of Lift Church and all the ministries that are still going on, even though most of them are virtual. We're really, really happy. I know as our family has teenagers and kids that we're able to still um, have Lift Youth on Wednesday nights, um, that they have some things virtually for the kids and also um, for um, lessons for the children's ministry that we can walk through and disciple our kids even from home. So if you're not using, utilizing those, please do so. There's so many resources for you to continue to disciple your family and for you to get discipled as well. Hey, if you're new with us or you haven't um, maybe had a chance to connect with us, you can also go to hello at liftchurch.co and have a chance to introduce yourself. Or if you're just having um, a, a rough time or maybe there's some things you need, we want to be able to meet your need during this really, really hard season. And um, go to hello at liftchurch.co and send us a message. We'd love to connect with you. All right, in just a few minutes, we're going to continue in worship. Um, High Point Church is going to be leading us in worship today. We're so thankful for their ministry and for them um, leading us in worship today. High Point Church is the church from Naperville, Illinois, that sent us out to plant Lift Church. So we're really thankful to just be able to worship with them.
Death could not hold him down He's real.
morning, Lift Church. I'm so glad to be here together with you in this virtual way. And uh, I'm glad that you're gathering around your screen or device uh, so that we can be together. This is kind of a weird time, um, but I just want to say right off the bat, uh, you are loved. I love you. I've missed you over the last two weeks. Uh, it's been great for my family to get away and take this much-needed vacation and rest, but I have missed you. Um, I want you to know that we've been praying for you and for our church, and um, it, it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time uh, in this world, uh, pandemic. Uh, as we were traveling, I, I mean, putting gloves on to get gas and all that, it's just, it's just crazy. I've never been in anything like this in 45 years, and uh, I'm sure you've never experienced anything like it as well. And then in the church, I've never experienced uh, the kind of crisis that our church is facing, and uh, it's, it's deep and it's painful. Um, I know our family is hurting. Uh, we've talked about it and debriefed on it this past uh, couple weeks. Um, and we know that many of you are here hurting. Um, we've heard reports uh, of people leaving or uh, people that are really struggling uh, with the church and hurting. And so um, I just want to acknowledge that it, this is a rough time and it's really hard. Um, it can feel hopeless um, and, uh, and even uh, I think we can feel powerless against these things. So I just want you to know this. I've been learning some things and I've, I've written them down. So I want to read them for you. Um, uh, I don't want us to feel hopeless and I don't want us to feel powerless. And so I'm going to preach a message from Psalm 27. You can turn over there if you want, but I, I've been learning some things. And here's the first thing I've been learning that all loss must be grieved. And I'm beginning to realize that we as a church have not grieved well. As we have lost many relationships over the past several years, um, it's been hard. And uh, I want to tell you this, I look forward to the day when we can gather back together and do this the right way and, and grieve together uh, in a godly way so that we can find healing in the gospel and be healthy as a church again. Another thing I'm learning is that uh, Endings are necessary. I read a book by Henry Cloud on vacation called Necessary Endings. I recommend it to you. And uh, I've been learning that endings are normal. And uh, it can be um, used uh, for our good and, and for God's glory, even when it doesn't feel good. And so these are some things that I've been learning. Um, and for now, um, that's as far as I'll go. But I want to today focus on... Um, our fears and doubts. Uh, last time we studied the word together, we, we talked about facing your fears. And uh, I'm not going to rehash that message. You can go find it online, March 15th, uh, 2020. And, uh, but today I want to address our fears and doubts in this troubling time. And so um, I want to take a second and I want to turn over to um, Psalm 27. Get your Bible, turn over to Psalm 27. This is a passage where David is um, choosing faith over fear. And in just a second, I want to read it to you, but uh, I thought I would define uh, faith because uh, we're going to choose faith over fear, church. That's what we're really going for. And as your pastor, I want to shepherd you to do that well, to make that decision today. Here's one definition that uh, has been fond, uh, I've been fond of over the years. Uh, faith is believing God's word and acting on it no matter what. Another definition that I've used often is faith is believing God will do in his time what he has promised to do. So let's ask him to do it. 
let's choose faith, let's seek him, and let's ask him to do it. So when you know the Lord and trust him, he helps you, helps us overcome our fears that so easily paralyze us in this life. Fear of circumstance, fear of failure, fear of the future even. And so as we look into God's word in Psalm 27, uh, we're going to learn, and this is the title of the message, Choosing Faith Over Fear. Choosing Faith Over Fear. I'm in Psalm 27. I'm going to read it. This is from David, a psalm before he was anointed king. And uh, he's already been through a lot. Um, But listen as he speaks here. Um, Let it comfort you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamped against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tents sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have arisen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe, that's it right there, faith. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. That's what we're going for, church. We want to wait on the Lord. We want our heart to take courage. And I want to strengthen you with four decisions that I can make today, that you can make today. I'm praying that you will choose one of these decisions and take one thing and implement it into your life. Four decisions that I can make today to overcome my fears. Here's the first one. Place my confidence in God. If you look back through the text, verses 1 through 3, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble. Though an army encamped against me, My heart shall not fear. The war arise against me, yet I will be confident. There it is. I will be confident. I choose to place my confidence in God. 
he starts the psalm with the Lord Yahweh. And he says, Yahweh, the Lord, is my light, is my salvation, is the stronghold of my life. I just want to pause just for a second. You might be joining us online for the first time, or maybe you're back again. And I I just want to say, is God your light? Is he your salvation? Like it says in Ephesians 6, 17, the helmet of salvation. He's protecting you. Is he your stronghold or your refuge? I pray that even now as the crisis is is here upon us, world, church, um, that you would pray and ask God to be your savior and that you would put your confidence and trust in him. That's the starting place. This first decision, place my confidence, my, my very faith, my trust in God. David is uh, resolved because of his past experiences, um, because of what God has done. You think back in David's life, he killed a bear, he killed a lion. Kids, do you like that? With a sling. You should grab one of those and go outside. <laughs> and uh, he also says, uh, it's my foes who stumbled and fall. Uh, Goliath is the poster boy for that. So he's recounting all these times in his life where God's been faithful. And even now, Saul is encamped around him uh, with an army. And war has arisen against him. And so he's giving you all these examples. And yet he's like, man, I've seen this. I've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. And I'm waiting on him. Um, I was reminded of my journal um, to go back to 2009 when we planted the church um, we planted in 2011, and in 2009, I was being sent out by High Point Church in Naperville, and these are some of the journal entries that I wrote, and uh, I was reminded of these things because, um, you know, Ron uh, Smith has been telling us to journal the journey, and so I've been doing that, our family's been doing that in a family journal the last couple of weeks um, as we've been going after this fast, and um, I just, I just want to bring you to uh, why we should journal the journey. This is 10 plus years ago, and here's what I wrote to God. God, I sensed your calling to ministry and the people of Rochester so many years ago. Many of you have heard my story of when I was 16, almost 17, being called to ministry and particularly to Rochester. I have tried to force it. I've tried to fake it and to come up with my own plan. I have spent days, weeks, and months, sometimes years, fussing about it. God, Let your timing be perfect. Let your purpose be clear. Calm my heart and my mind. Open my eyes and my heart to your will, your timing, your calling, and the future for my life and my family. Just a heartfelt right here. I trust your plan, your purpose, and your promise. And just a few days later... um, in a moment of weakness, because you're on this faith versus fear journey, here's what I said to God. God, sometimes the excitement wears thin and my faith is weak. (laughs) The fear of rejection, failure, and even the thought of the lack of your favor creep in and steal the joy and the purpose and the resolve to do your will and what I feel that you have called me to do. Speak truth to me, God, and strengthen me by the power of your Holy Spirit. I believe you will do what you say you will do. I believe that you will do what you have promised. 
These are journal entries, and I think it's why it's important to journal the journey. And so I pray, church, that you've been doing that over the last two weeks. We've been calling our church to do that online. If, if you're like, man, I'm, I didn't know that, well, grab a journal this week, and uh, you can go to liftchurch.co backslash fast, and you can see the, the journal, online journal that we've put together, um, so you can journal your journey even online there. And so, um, hey, we're on day 15 today, and we're starting into Holy Week. And uh, I'm going to be fasting now food over vacation. I was fasting for my phone, so sorry if you texted me. I didn't get back to you and um, haven't answered my emails yet. But uh, vacation's over on Monday, and I'll get to it. I'll get back to you because uh, I love you. Um, but we're starting day 15 uh, today, and um, it's Holy Week, and, and we want to um, get after it, so to speak, in Jesus' name. We want to press in and seek the Lord. We want to see uh, and learn from all that he is teaching us so that in the next five to ten years, we can look back at the journal we've write, written and see what God's uh, faithfulness has been to us. Will you join me on the journey, church? I want to go between points with this. Here it is. Um, this kind of, uh, you know, the way that David's public confidence is displayed was because of his private obedience. He took the time to be in God's presence, and that's the second decision. The first decision is place your confidence in God. The second decision is practice being in God's presence. And that's what David did. He was so confident publicly because in the private, he was practicing the presence of God. And so you see it in verse 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. See, to, to linger on the Lord, to go hard after him, to practice being in his presence. That's what we're doing. It's a singular focus. It's, it's my eyes are on Jesus Christ, my Lord, and my relationship with him. Literally, this four, uh, three verses, uh, verse 4, 5, and 6, is, is really... Uh, the Old Testament equivalent to the New Testament, John 15, 1 through 8, where we abide in Christ, we remain in him, we dwell in, in the house that is Jesus our Lord and Savior. Look at verse 5. In verse 5, Jesus, uh, God, uh, David acknowledges that Jesus and God are, are with him, right? For he will hide me, for he will conceal me, for he will lift me up. It's not about what I can do for myself. It's about what Jesus and God can do for me. And uh, what he's doing for me is he's hiding me and he's concealing me and he's lifting me on the rock that is Jesus. He's placing me on a firm foundation. And so it, it speaks of protection, which we all need right now. Lift Church, I just want to say this to you. I want to look in your eyes and say, God is committed to you. You need to know that. That God is so committed to you over the last two weeks. I've just felt God say to me, I'm committed to you, Steve. And thanks for being committed to me. But I'm committed to you more than you'll ever know. God is committed to you, Lift Church. God is committed to every single one of you. And uh, I hope you feel that comfort today as you practice being in his presence. Then in verse 6, he, uh, he makes a commitment of his own. I will offer... Uh, 
uh, in the tent. I will um, uh, and make melody to the Lord. So there's a commitment we make, a decision we make to worship the Lord and uh, to draw close to him and to be with him. So uh, I would just ask you, are you committed to God? And uh, I'm thinking it's yes, since you're online with us right now. Um, But no matter what the circumstance, let's commit to God and to what he's doing. Let's prioritize our time with God. Let's get alone with him. But not only that, let's spend time as a family together with him. I know as a family, we want to continue to do that. Even coming back as we have more time because of the social distancing. So um, let's long to be in the presence of the Lord. Back to the text. Look at verse 7. This is the third decision you have. And it's to pursue God in prayer. And look what happens. In verses 1 through 3, it's David. He's really talking uh, to others. And he's kind of journaling his thoughts. And he's telling them of um, not only his commitment uh, to God, but God's commitment to him. And he's confident in that. But something changes here in verse 7. He talks directly to the Lord, whether in front of people or not. He goes really deep and intimate. And he goes personal. And he prays. He pursues God in prayer. This is a prayer of lament, and I think we all need to learn how to lament. Matter of fact, um, this book I've referenced several times, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy um, by Mark Brogop. Um, You need to pick that up, and you need to learn how to lament. I I needed to learn how to lament. So many things have gone wrong, um, and I I just need to be able to cry out to God. So let me just read it here. This is a lament to God. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Look at that faith. God, I know you're listening. I know you're going to answer me. And he's going to go like this, faith versus fear, and he's going to end up down here. And so look at it. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide me not from your face. Hide not your face far from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. Can you see the fear in that? Like, oh, you might be angry with me. You might turn away from me. And then he goes back to faith. You have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not. This is just so Jekyll and Hyde. And so we just go up and down like the psalmist. Can, we can relate to him. That's just one minute we're like, COVID-19, who cares? I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And the next minute we're like, ah, this is so hard. What if I get this? What if somebody I know dies? Or what if, what if I die from this? And I just want to say, this is why confidence in Christ and placing our faith in him, being close to the presence of the Lord is so important. And we need to pursue him in prayer. We need to talk to him right now and bring to him our faith and our fear. Oh God of my salvation, back to the faith. For my father and my mother have forsaken me. We know from scriptures and Samuel that actually his father and mother hadn't forsaken him. So what he's saying here is not that they have forsaken him, but he's saying even if they do forsake me, my mom and dad, can you imagine your mom and dad forsaking you? No way. They'd never do that. Even if it gets hard. But it says here that even if they were to do that, still, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have arisen against me, and they breathe out violence. Can you see the fear? Like surrounded by (laughs) doubt and swirling around. What's going to go on? But he doesn't leave it there, praise the Lord. He might just yell out, praise the Lord where you're at, because I'm like, praise God for verse 13. 
Here's what he says. I believe that I will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, this is why we need to pursue God in prayer. Because when we lament and turn towards God and complain to God about what is and what shouldn't be, he, as we turn our eyes onto him, our experiences come back. And we start to remember the goodness of the Lord. And we start to see the words that he's spoken and the things that he's done in our life. And we start to remember and to believe that God, if he's with us, and I believe he is, that he will do good things and that he will bring glory to himself. I believe, church, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that is faith. That is faith over fear. And that's what we're trying to choose in this really, really hard time. I believe that God will do what's best for me. I believe that God will do what he has planned for us. And I submit to the will of the Father. Lift church. Right now we have to seek God's face. I pray that you join us in fasting. But even if you don't do that, Spend some time in the word, practicing the presence of God. Get alone in silence and solitude. Slow down. Take a Sabbath this week as you have more time and and seek the Lord. Pursue him in prayer. Pray big prayers. Ask him to do what only he can do and believe that the best is yet ahead of us. That's what I'm believing. I'm believing that God has things for us that we don't even know to ask or think. Can't wait to see how he does it. This last decision, okay, I'll go through them again. Four decisions I can make today to overcome my fears. First one, choosing faith over fear, place my confidence in God. Second one, practice being in God's presence. Third one, pursue God in prayer. And then this, the last one, patiently wait for God. You're like, that's not what I wanted to hear. I know, because I don't like it either. (laughs) But I'm coming back off a vacation and some sweet times with the Lord, and God has said, wait. He's reminded me that I need to wait on him. He's reminding our church that we need to wait on him. And so I pray that you'll join me as we wait on the Lord. Now, know this, waiting isn't for the faint at heart. But waiting is the number one tool that God uses in our lives to bring about change, to make us ready to receive what he already has planned. But we stink at waiting. Now, I could prove this to you, but it's going to take a lot of time, and I'm not going to do that today. That's another message for another time. And matter of fact, uh, it's probably another year theme or a series um, to go after. But for sake of today, let me use this commentary that I read. This will explain it well. To wait for the Lord. Such advice can be most frustrating for eager, anxious, and impatient believers until they themselves feel and actually are desperately powerless. Then it becomes the deepest source of hope. That's true, church. As I sit here before you, powerless. That's true. Our only hope is to wait on the Lord. While the, this exhortation implies that a believers are powerless in themselves to make a difference, it also implies the powerless are not helpless. Isn't that encouraging? Yahweh, the Lord, will act on their behalf. So church, 
we wait for the Lord to act on our behalf. I do it personally. We do it as a church. And our hope is in the Lord. I want to say this in closing. If Jesus is your Savior and Lord, then the future is your friend. (laughs) And you have nothing to fear. I want you to wrap your head around that. If Jesus is your Savior and Lord, then the future is your friend and you have nothing to fear. The key, church, is faith in God. And I pray that you will build up your most holy faith in Christ this week. This passage right here that we've looked at, Psalm 27, ends with the Lord. But look back, it also began with the Lord. This passage starts and ends with the Lord, Yahweh himself. David came with confidence in the Lord and he leaves waiting on the Lord. And church, that's what I'm praying for us right now. I'm praying that we'll come with the confidence of God because we've read the word and we know he's good. and We've seen it in the experiences of the past. But I'm also praying we'll leave focused on waiting on the Lord in this troubled time. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who hears and answers our prayers. Thank you that you know what's on our hearts, what's troubling us. You see our fears, our adversities, our trials, our struggles, and our burdens. You're teaching us through these things, Lord. Lord, you are making us spiritually fit to receive the things that you want to do in and through us. So we invite your deepest work of transformation in our hearts. Give us faith to hold out for the highest and the best. Give grace and strength to every person here now willing to receive it by faith. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I want you to go back now and I want you to look at the outline. You've got five different, or four different, excuse me, decisions that you can make to overcome your fears. And I want you to pick one and I want you to write on the front of it, I will. Whether it's I will place my confidence in God or I will practice being in God's presence or I will pursue God in prayer or I will patiently wait for God. Write I will. Make that your singular focus, one thing, and go hard after the Lord this week. You are loved. Speaks a better word Speaks a better